filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the world of non-election coverage 24-7. It's your buddy Gavin. The Filibuster Freestyle is the name of the show and the name of the guest, Andrew Patterson. What is up, my friend? Hey, what's going on? Nada. Got the whole enchilada to quote Mace from 1997. Um... Dude, how have you been in the two weeks since we last talked? And more importantly, how good has Westworld been in the last two weeks since we talked? Okay, so let's just focus on the good. So to focus on the good, we will leave out all of the how have I been in the last two weeks since we've talked. Okay, um, maybe we'll get into that on the post show. <laughs> well, well, that's for another podcast called Liberal Nightmare... Your dreams with Andrew Patterson. Oh, well, yeah. And by the way, if you want to decompress on that a little and we make good time, feel free. But if you have not already, and I'm talking to you, the royal you, and the listeners, Doug Brown made a reemergence on the filibuster freestyle, our moderately right-leaning former Republican, but even he voted for Hillary Clinton in an attempt to stop Donald Trump, and it didn't work. Extraordinaire. Doug Brown yeah. came back last week, and he and I tried to do a little cleanup on aisle three. So for those of you who are finally taking your faces out of MSNBC and Fox News and everything else and your Facebook and your, feed bubbles. Your, your, your pillow filled with tears. Yes, yes. Faces. Or if you are one of our, our apparently unknown xenophobic fans who has been celebrating. Um, I actually have a funny story that I can't tell now either, but uh, anyway. We want to keep this... We're going to go into a world that, at this point, I can say is only slightly more misogynistic, probably with a slight more tendency to violence, and slightly less harrowing to live in, Westworld. <laughs> Which is great, because in Westworld, as you said so eloquently on one of the first one of our podcasts recapping HBO's new kind of hit show, uh, people go there to... Uh, perform coitus on robots and kill people, yeah. kill robots. So yeah. the fact that you just equated our dystopian society in real life to being worse than that, let's have some fun and talk about episode yeah. seven. Hello. <laughs> All right, couple shout-outs before we do. Because a couple of the Westworld character actors in real life have shouted out the podcast, the filibuster freestyle, and we want to shout them back out. So Lily Borden, who was the fortune teller in, I believe, episode five or six, and then that turned into Dolores. She gave us props. Lily, you're the best. Uh, Boyana Novakovich, who played a character named Marty, gave us a like and, I believe, a retweet. Um, and then our, our biggest star to date. Oh, I didn't know there was a third. I had heard about the first two. Shannon Woodward, a.k.a. Fake Ellen Page, a.k.a. Elsie, 124,000 Twitter followers, and she thought enough of us to say retweet and like. And guess what, Shannon Woodward? We are never getting your name wrong on this show again. <laughs> no, absolutely not. We will now be calling Ellen Page that actress who looks like Shannon Woodward. That's right. Ellen Page, you are officially the actress who looks kind of like the great Shannon Woodward. So anyway, yeah. Shannon, thank you for the retweet, and great work is Elsie. We'll get into that in a minute. And then a couple fun facts on some bit characters that I wanted to do last week and I didn't. Um, so, Tommy Slocum, who plays Sylvester, who is the white um, 
surgical tech dude who is now really under the spell of the great Tandy Newton's character, Maeve. Uh, yeah. He was in a hitch with Will Smith. I don't know okay. who or where, but good for you, Tony Slocum. Uh, Tessa Thompson, who plays Charlotte Hale, she played Bianca in the movie Creed with Michael B. Jordan, a.k.a. Where's Wallace from The Wire. It all comes full circle. So she's a big actress. we got to get you to like us and tweet, retweet us, Tessa Thompson. Yeah. But finally, Leonardo Nam, who is the Asian gentleman who is under the control now of Maeve. Also be, be smitten, not be smitten, but smitten with uh, Maeve. Correct. Uh, Leonardo Nam, he has a bachelor's degree in architecture, so congratulations to you, sir. Anyway, let's, let's get rid of that and say thank you to all those folks for the good work you do. And let's just go into, we got four categories that we're going to hit tonight. We're doing hot take style. We're doing, and I, and, I, and I debuted this last week by myself, but yeah. we're, and you can pick which one we do first. Who won the episode? Who lost the episode? What gave you the creep slash blew your mind the most in the episode? And, it, of course, senseless, needless use of nudity in the episode, which, again, is always pointing to pick from there. Yeah. Um, I, I, think we, I, I, I think we start with the senseless nudity, and we end with the what blew your mind the most. Okay, that's great. Because frankly, for me, who won, who lost, and what blew my mind the most all happened in the same scene. So anyway. Okay. Um, Spo- spoiler alert. <laughs> but, but what scene was it? <laughs> so the bottom line is, um, I said the body double for Tanny Newton won last week, and somehow she went and topped herself because they just did a full frontal on yeah. the operating table. Uh, of what would be Maeve's character. So, though other characters tried, you had Clementine Pennyfeather throwing in uh, her hat into the ring for some senseless, useless nudity. HBO really decided, no, we're doubling down on Maeve's body double. And that was the yeah. winner, unless you have something better than me. I don't think you can, because they went full. Well, I, did, I didn't know we were doing winner of winner and losers of senseless nudity of the week. Oh, we didn't have but, losers. Um, I was just one, but whatever you got. Okay. But I will tell you, I can right on the spot come up with the loser of um, the Sensitivity of the Week. It's the poor techs who have to program the robots, or the hosts, rather. Why are they always programming them naked? That seems to be some sort of weird... That's exactly it. That was the point that I tried to make last week, which was finally 80% of the way through the episode... Leonardo Nam's character, Felix, threw, like, a dress on Maeve. Yeah. And was, like, you know, just seemed better. And, of course, uh, you know, Sylvester was like, Felix, why would you do that? By the way, Felix and Sylvester, I'm just realizing, are both cartoon cat names. Anyway. Uh, yes. Um, also, it, it kind of sounds like um, they would be a remake of the odd couple names, too, which maybe fits the way the characters are It, it kind of does. But anyway... He th- but, then, but then, of course, he threw clothes on her, and then this week they were back to not throwing clothes on her. So, yeah. to your point, the techs are the losers. And again, I get it, HBO. You're HBO. It's not TV, it's HBO. To quote Paul Rudd from um, <laughs> I Love You, Man, who's quoting HBO's tagline from like when we were kids. The point is, the point is, um, I get it. You can show people's nipples, yeah. for lack of a better term. Don't you think if you got a job as a tech guy, I know neither you or I are science-type guys, maybe we don't think this way, but I would think if I got a job as a tech there and they were like, you're programming behavior, I think my first question would be, okay, can I throw a pair of jorts 
on this old cowboy who has a weird resemblance to my high school gym teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can you know? say to that. Is yeah. Okay. Or, or maybe give me a different robot. Right, right. Can I have a robot that doesn't look like my high school gym teacher? Because this is giving me the creeps. Speaking of giving me the yep. creeps. All right, man. Let's go to it. Do you want to go who lost or who won the episode? Um, this, well, who lost this last episode is um, clearly, and now I, I had her name and I it's forgot C, it. It's COO lady, Teresa Cohen. Teresa Cohen. Yeah, I mean, obviously she loses... Uh, anytime your head is bashed into a cement wall and your neck is broken by a robot you just found out was a robot, despite you having Had previous relations with said robots, that uh, tough to come up with a bigger loss than that. Correct. And the reason tonight's episode may or may not be short is because that scene also, in my mind, housed the winner of the night. And the mind-blowing gave me the creeps moment of the night, all in one, which, yeah. if we want to... Yeah, I think it's a big scene to kind of discuss, um, and also, it, it, it gave me a moment of, and, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, because it's a minor part, I've started to question my own intelligence based on, on some information in that, in that scene. Okay. Do you want to talk about that now? Because that sounds like a fun place to go. What is that? Sure. So, if you looked at Twitter afterwards, lots of people figured out he was a host. That Bernard was a host. Bernard was a host when he said, what door? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it took your noble co-host another three minutes until he was looking directly at the picture of himself and couldn't recognize it. So, basically, about half a second before... Dr. Ford comes in and reveals to the audience that now apparently 90% of them have known for two minutes, and I've only known for about half a second, where I'm like, oh, he's a host. Well, I will, I, say, I will say this. To make you feel better, I watched last night's episode in, in a hotel room in Washington, D.C. on my iPhone. So I had a little screen, and I was taking notes with a bigger screen and watching Monday Night Football out of my third eye, which is not even real. So... <laughs> I remember the line and just being like, maybe he was mesmerized by something and that's why he said what door. But as soon as she was looking at pictures, I knew he was going to be one of them and I knew he was going to be a host. Yeah. Um, no, and I did not get, I, I did not pick up on that that quickly. So anyway, um, but I also had been told, and I forget by whom because I thought it was you, but somebody who listens to the show slash watches Westworld said, there's a theory out there that Bernard is a host and... That was brought up last week. Oh, someone said there's a theory that Bernard is Arnold, which I don't think will be true. Who knows? But Bernard is definitely Bernard the host, not Bernard the man. Now, what, yeah. what we could – you could make an argument that Bernard lost because when – and I'm going to maybe vamp a little here. I, I think that would be a very strong argument as well. Because yeah. Bernard – You can have more than one loser. Bernard definitely has been showing us shades of being a host for a bit in that – why is he allowing Dolores to have free will? What, you know, like, what is it? And we know that Arnold is trying to... Something with Arnold is messing with some of these hosts, the older hosts. Yeah. And it seems like Bernard is an older host, first of all, now that we know he's a host. But more importantly, Bernard lost his... When we still thought Bernard was a human, he woke up at the beginning of the episode having a dream about his son who died, who he loved very much. <sighs> Bernard finds out later that that son was not real. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, yeah. Is, I, that is just background in your story. 
Bernard lost his job because he was the fall guy for Teresa, uh, Teresa Cullen and Charlotte Hale's ploy to get Dr. Ford fired. Bernard didn't really react that poorly to it. He was pretty cool about it. Bernard went to show Teresa Cullen, who he loves because he thinks he's a human, and they yeah. just broke off relations, basically wanted to show her what was going on, like he trusted her. He ends up finding out he's a host. She ends up finding out the same, which is why I think she is the real loser, and we'll get back to that. He then, yeah. he then questions that he is a host, takes Dr. Ford's orders, smashes her skull, and then puts his tie back on and go back to work. I can argue hard that he is the loser of the night. Yeah, I, I think it's a very strong argument, but it also brings me to an interesting um, question I'd like to ask, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Let's say you are Bernard. You've just found out you're a host. Yep. Okay? Yep. Obviously, you're angry at, a, at, a, at, at any number of things. Sure. As long as you've been programmed to feel anger. But I think the biggest one would be, why did you give me such a terrible backstory? Like, why, why did you make my wife leave me and my son die? And then I think I turned to Dr. Ford and said, listen, because he's clearly there to be a spy, right? Correct. I will do your bidding, but you will rewrite my memory so that I am like a retired, um, you know, acolyte, like Hollywood playboys type with great memories like that. You're, and then you know, I'll come back and I'll do You know what's you funny is, is you're literally, remember in The Matrix, and I know you're not a movie guy, but yeah. in The Matrix, when Joe Tatiliano, the, the actor... Joe Pantoliano? I'm so sorry. Yes, Joe Pantoliano. I, bl I blanked on his name. Great. Love okay. you in Bad Boys and Bad Boys too, sir. Anyway, he was Cypher in The Matrix, and he was the guy who turned on Neo and, um, Inc uh, not Incubus, jeez, um, um, Morpheus. Okay. He was the one who went to the machines and was like, okay, fine, but I want you to make me somebody famous, like an actor. You know, like basically yeah. they were going to put him in the pod farm, but he wanted to change his life because he's like, well, if I'm going to live in a fake life, it better be a good fake life because I just gave you Absolutely. good information. And to your point, Absolutely. Bernard Lowe is in a better position than Cypher to be like, if I'm going to do your bidding, give me a cool backstory. And by the way, yeah. my son is still alive and he's the president of the United States or something cool like that. Right. Was, Absolutely. Of course, maybe not so, right now. His son would not be Donald Trump for a number of reasons. That being said, we will not go back to the Donald Zone again tonight. Okay. But Teresa Cullen lost, and let's talk about the man who won. I, I mean, we've already, we've already said his name. Uh, it's Dr. Ford. It is Dr. Ford, but let me unpack this, too. Let me argue yeah. that it's actually the great Anthony, Sir Anthony Hopkins, because he found a way... He's Dr. Ford, isn't he? No, no, yes. no. Yes, but my point is... I've, oh, the actor The himself. real man, the man who lives okay. in our world. Wow, you are going like... You have brought us yet to another dimension of Westworld. Now we're discussing the show, and now we're making the actors winners of episodes on the show, which is like parallel universe upon parallel universe upon parallel universe. Forget the fourth wall. Gavin Viano is breaking like the seventh wall down with are, this theory. People in glass houses should have theories like these. So my point is Anthony Hopkins, I mean, we all know he's a great actor, but he channeled some Hannibal Lecter in that speech to yeah. Teresa Cullen. And <laughs> I tell you what, he gave me the creeps and blew my mind all in one scene. And uh -huh. and again, that's why they pay him the big bucks. But for, yeah. for a dude who I think is in real life like probably 90 years old, way to bring it, homie. But but back yeah. to back to your point and less meta 
or whatever, maybe more meta. I still don't understand meta. I'm going to keep using it. Neither do I. I like to use the word. I'm going to keep using it until I'm right and or wrong. It's going to be great. I like the word. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that scene was fantastic. Um, He's absolutely the winner. And I feel like he has been one of the losers the last couple of weeks. I also feel like if Bernard is a host, yeah, and we learned actually when Clementine Pennyfeather was going to get retired and that they had her beat the crap out of a guy posing as a human who was a host, doesn't yeah. that mean that pretty much anybody can be a host? Like, is Hemdog a host? Handsome security guy? Is he a host? I, I, there's clearly, and that's, that's what that's, you know, what they've done with this episode is leave that open to question it's like another layer that you're going to be questioning another layer of reality that you're looking at that this one thing you've been watching that you thought was like unmistakable reality the whole time they've now destroyed that right so now you have to look at everybody and wonder correct and now now i feel like see now i feel like we're talking like i feel like the first couple times we've done this show we were doing a recap show because we didn't even know where it was going and why would we but right now it's like Literally every time we do this show, we can be like, do you think that person's a host? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you in, think- in which, uh, an idea I had, I think there needs to be a game, and I should have told you this before we started the episode. Bring it. But there can be a recurring game that is just us trading outlandish theories. Uh, a filibuster freestyle favorite. Which we love theory. to dabble in the outlandish. I think I could rocket fire you five outlandish theories. Okay. Over the next... Um, Episode. So I don't know if you have a couple while you are uh, checking on your dinner um, for the listener, going behind the scenes, behind the curtain, if you will. The more you hear me ramble and continue to talk seemingly without a point is yes, one, because I am not the smartest man in the world, but two, also because our main host, the man who is much more practiced at doing this, disappears from camera for 45 yeah, seconds. Yeah, just checking on my Brussels sprouts. Curry. Check in on my Brussels sprouts, and they are looking fantastic. Thank you for vamping, my friend. It's a live show. Bottom line is, yeah, here's an outlandish theory, first of all. Well, or not an outlandish theory. Let's get back to the show. Let's go. Let's talk about Maeve for a while, because clearly Dr. Ford's the winner. Teresa Collins the loser. Bernard Lowe yeah. being, a, being a host blew my mind. Maze Body Double won the Naked Contest. So let's spend another, yeah. let's spend some time on the actual episode, but it's, not... It's so, and so Maeve is uh, one of my... I don't know, I, outlandish theories, I, I texted this to you about a week ago, and yep. I think yep. I'm more on board with it now after this most recent episode. Yep. I think Maeve is your lead idea for the heroine slash hero of the show. Clearly it's not going to be Dr. Ford, you were thinking it was going to be Bernard, still could possibly be Bernard, but Dr. Ford is such a monster yep. that I think we... We are we are supposed to be rooting for the hosts, and even if the hosts escape Westworld and go on some terrible yep. whatever spree, yep. the hosts are where your rooting rooting interests. Well, think about this too. Lie. You're 100 percent right because Dolores. Who's not rooting for Dolores? Right. You know, right. And I, I don't even know how Dolores and Maeve are eventually going to interact. That could be an unbelievable meeting for for it's either close. good bad or like multi multi pronged good and bad reasons, you know? Like yeah. will they work together? Are they set out to destroy each other? What I think is really interesting about Maeve was the line she had last night. Well I watched it last night, Sunday night, but when she said to uh Sylvester, you know, the beardo the bearded, you know, tech guy. I like Beardo. Beardo. I've 
I've died millions of times. I'm yeah. really good at it. I'm not afraid to die. How many times have you died? Yeah. And obviously the answer is zero. And basically she was like, because I'm going to kill you if you don't help me get out of here. And I don't care if I die because <laughs> I know what that's all about. Yeah. She is, in my mind, because she somehow figured out herself that she could be boosted. Like, you know, obviously Felix helped her do that, but she, yeah. she's going to, they gave it away. Felix gave it away in my mind and that they are, the, the host's brains or their capacity to process is so much greater than a human being. Yeah. If they're given the, the programming to the, do. The program, to, the parameters. And she obviously is in the midst of those guys boosting her to the point of so, like superhuman, you know, super yeah. host status. She will be a formidable foe for Doctor Four because she she's gonna have like you know um, you know in like video games when like uh, LeBron James is like ninety nine in every attribute. She's gonna be ninety nine in every attribute. Yeah, she's she's gonna be loaded up, but. Um it also makes me want, I also wonder at the revelation that Bernard is a host, and we know that hosts work at Westworld. Yep. Are we not talking that um, Felix... Is he a host? Is he a host? Because he is so helpless in regards to helping, yep. to stopping Maeve. Yep. Right? Maeve tells him what to do, and seemingly at any point, why has Felix not been like, all right, she's making me nervous, I'm scared... I'm just going to boost well, back down. Well, think her, about this, right? Here's a real life example. You're a teacher, you know, and you've been doing this for a long time. But, you know, when the kids start trying to call the shots, you basically say, time out. I'm in charge. Right. Like, you know, they're a recourse to your actions. And he can, he in theory, could command her to go to, like, her um, diagnostic setting, you know? Right. Or he could just go back in there and that intelligence he cranked up to, like, 14 or whatever, just be like... Drop it down to zero, right. Or like right. take her out of commission. You know, he could take her out of commission. So to your point, is he a host and he is, is he unable... Has he not been able to... Right. Is he, like Dolores, is he Dolores couldn't pull the trigger. Dolores couldn't pull the trigger and now that girl pulls the trigger. Um, yeah. Because she's been given the ability to by, we know, Bernard. So I just think this opens it up to everything. Now... Let me ask you this, because we didn't talk about this woman, because I don't know that she had really... She hadn't shown up yet when we last talked. Um, sorry, Charlotte Hale, Tessa Thompson, the actress, African-American woman who was... Yes, she's board on the member, board, board, the board, mysterious member. board. Yeah, the mysterious board member. Um, she seems very young to be on the board, but she's very confident. I mean, to the point of she was trying to out-Dr. Out Ford, Dr. Ford with Teresa Collin the other night, and that backfired in a big, fat way. Right. Um, so I want to touch on her. What are your thoughts on her so far? She clearly burst on the scene, but I don't know. Where does she go next now that Teresa Cullen is messed up? And I have a follow-up question, but answer that one first if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. I don't know where she goes next. I, um, I, we don't know enough of the other like power players. We the power players we had known were Bernard as head of a department who's been fired. Yep. Teresa, who has been in her own way fired. <laughs> Doctor Ford, and now um, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Right. Charlotte. So those are the four. So now two of those are out of commission. Who, name another department head. Does um, handsome security guy come up and take over? Uh, 
take over that team? Correct. Well, I, I, think, I, think, I think if we go down that realm, our boy who was using the command center as, as a toilet last week, Lee, Lee, what's that? Lee, Lee whatever his name is, the English yeah. guy, he, he clearly fancies Charlotte Hale, and, and she could probably utilize him if she needs to. She could make him do whatever she wants. Yeah, he's a rogue agent, certainly already. He, he doesn't get along for it at all. Now, the other thing is that Teresa Hale kept mentioning, well, the rest of the board will get here soon. We need to have a bloodletting. We need to make an example of somebody. You know, Bernard needs to get fired. They made Clementine right. Penny Feather lose her mind and kill the other tech who was at host too. Sorry I'm bouncing around, folks. My point is she clearly has reinforcements coming that she is trying to get things ready for yeah. so when they get there they can vote Ford out. Now, here's my question. Dr. Ford, Anthony Hawkins, laid it out for us last night. said, Bernard... Better get back to work. We've got a lot of things to do. we got new scripts to write. So I want to go back to the diagnostic machine that was making a new host in the house, in the woods, behind the door Bernard couldn't yes. see. And I don't – that clearly wasn't them making a new Teresa Cullen. But my eventual question I want to get to is do you think they remake Teresa Cullen as a host to send her back and spy on Charlotte Hale? But before we do that, who do I think was in the machine getting made? One, maybe it was our good friend Shannon Woodward's character, Elsie, who was taken from, I believe, the same house or a similar house in Sector 3 last week by someone we don't know. Two, two, my outlandish theory is that was Bernard who took her. And then Bernard was looking for her at the beginning of the episode, but you're not going to find her, Bernard, because you're a host, and Dr. Ford made you kill her. <laughs> and you forgot, right? So let's go to this idea that the machine is either making Teresa or Elsie. Because I thought for a second, too, right? Yep. But when you create a host, you're creating it. it you're, you, it's every time it meets someone new, it's the first time meeting, right? And so you don't have to recreate real memories. Correct. If you are creating someone who was once alive and putting a host version of it, like say, for example, I tragically met my end in some nefarious you know, evil monster decided that his, instead of world domination, he was going to take this incredible skill and just focus on taking over the filibuster freestyle and wrecking one single podcast by replacing me with a host version of myself. He, he thinks he has great plans, but a uh, great, great care, you know. That's what he wants to do. That, that's, that's his grand plan. We, we've known each other for 18 years, 20 yeah. years. Yeah. At some point, right, I'm going to know that you're... I would assume, that's not really you. You know what I mean? Like That's fair. That's I don't know fair. why we talk about it in the middle of a podcast, but you could say, hey, do you remember the first time that you met Dana Hodges? And host me would have no idea what to say. Real me would say, oh yeah, our college swim coach, within 30 seconds when he walked on the dock, I jumped off the high diving board and went right through the, right through the, <laughs> the, the Tibet flags and broke them. Yeah. I remember the first time I met him. <laughs> Speaking of the hosts being out of control and yeah. the humans not being able to control them. Um, sorry, Dana. If you listen, you're the best. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think you listen. Anyway, um, good point. My only counter-argument to that would be Ford doesn't need Charlotte Hale, for instance, to know that Teresa Cullen is not Teresa Cullen Immediately, you know, she she will get to that eventually. But if he can get some stuff in the meantime, that might work for him. In the short term, okay, sure. And, and the same would be true of Elsie if he's recreating Elsie. What do you think happened to Elsie besides what I came up with? Anything? Um. So, 
I'm trying to remember the hand that took Elsie. It was it was just a dark kind of a dark shirted or, or sleeved hand that was in the shadows. So I'm not sure if it was a glove or not a glove, but either way. Well, I've got that episode. I, I, you know, I, I will play an episode on mute in the background just in case I pick my head up and see something that interests me. Sure. You know, or, or spark something I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and so I've got that one up in the background. I'm just going to skip forward to the end and we can keep talking. Oh, and I want to see if I can see the hand because it was the shot it ended on, correct? Yeah, it was the last shot of the, it, was, it, it was the, last shot of the, the episode. Or did it, you know what, did it end with um, Maeve? It ended with Maeve giving a giving a talk, as almost every episode should, because she just when she says anything, it just has this very foreboding type of. Yeah, I just think Maeve is gonna like. For instance, let's get here's another outlandish theory. Like we haven't seen the Men in Black, Man in Black, in like two episodes, right? Right. Not really. We haven't really seen. We saw Dolores and William finally with your boy El Laz. It looks like they're going separate ways. Um, it looks like Dolores and William are going to go into like the the the, un, the uncharted yeah. lands, the new lands. They're they're going to Christopher Columbus this thing across the river. We know the Man in Black's going to factor in, but like I am actually more afraid, but in a good way, of Maeve than any of these clowns. Yeah, I mean, I I think Maeve is a secret power character because all these other ones have been addressed as power characters. Nobody's expecting Maeve, right? Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Um, <laughs> it's Maeve is um, no one's keeping an eye on her. I do kind of want to get into a little Dolores William slash Man in Black talk. Let, let's do that. Let's do that. That's probably a good way to, for us to do that and probably end it. So let's do that. Yeah. So the Man in Black. First, real question about him. He has been the the villain for the first. Five six episodes, or the or the closest thing to one of the villains you could see in the first five or six episodes. Yes, and he he is clearly some sort of nemesis of Doctor Ford. Doctor Ford, yes, they put up, put up with him at best. Does he become slightly more of a uh, not heroic figure, but does he become slightly more someone we can almost kind of root for, given? How just how terrible and how much of a monster we've discovered Dr. Ford is in this last episode. Right? I mean, like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing. Correct. So, I think that's something potential. What is it between them? And we've talked about this fan theory um, before. I, I, we can, you can decide if you want to edit this out. I don't think you want to, but, you know, fan spoiler, if you're not interested in hearing some things that are supposed to be fan theories possible, twists. I'll pause for a second. You can use the 15-second skip on your um, iPhone. <laughs> and, all right, here we go. Spoiler theory. We know the fan theory is that, do you like how we start talking in like a voice of telling you a I like your hush. It's a hush yeah. tone. It's I, a I hush hushed. tone. I even hushed. Just in you case. are such a method actor. I'm are you a host? A secret I feel like you're like, a host. I feel like you're a host. He's still talking. He's still telling a secret. <laughs> um, so we know that the, the fan theory is that William becomes the Man in Black. Correct. Right? Okay. So, outlandish theory to go on that. If William becomes the Man in Black, yep. is Teddy Dr. Ford's homage to William? Has a fling, is in love with Dolores, uh, has told Dolores he would be back. When boy. she sees him, she's like, oh, you're back. Also, he was at that... He oh, my God. That oh, my God. Camp 
and it turned out when they looked at him, they're like, "You're the nastiest one there was." When he had thought he was a hero, when he what's that? Um, what's the name of that guy that we've only heard whispers about? Wyatt. That, Wyatt. And they're like, "No, he's not. He was. He, he remembers he was Wyatt's secondhand man." Whereas William is now discovering the real him, thinking he was this like meek, humble guy before going in. Correct. And, and you know what's interesting? Um, you know the scene, and I know that this is going to go back to the first episode. These hosts are on loops, which yeah. means that Dolores used to enact her whole day with her father and the porch, and it had a bad ending. But it always started near the saloon when she dropped a can of something and it rolled on the ground and somebody picked it up. And yes. it's been Teddy a lot, and one time it was William. And to your point, I think, I think basically I'm helping you make your point or helping you reaffirm your point, yeah. which is she, will, will, you know, most of Teddy's loop was to keep Dolores where Dolores was, right? Yeah. Until, until yeah. it's been changed. And maybe that is to keep William, a reminder to keep William where William was, which was as that white hat, sappy, yeah. no shot, to be the good guy. not formidable, blah, 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 blah. And then, to your point, William's already dropping, if William is the man in black, he's already dropping hints of, like, I have a wife waiting for me back home, it's what's-his-name's sister, but, like, yeah. how can I go back to that when this feels more real? I've been waiting my whole life to leave him behind. What's his name? That His brother-in-law. George, um, doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. I uh, his brother-in-law, not my brother-in-law. No, no, you leave your brother-in-law alone for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, uh, uh, anyway... I don't remember what it, I know who you're talking Logan, Logan. Logan, right? Right. He, I've been wanting, I've been waiting to leave Logan behind for years. You yeah. know, all that good stuff. So my point is just, I don't know. I mean, I think you're right. I think I think if if, if it's clear that Ford is making homages and or negative examples of people who have crossed his path over life, including his own yes. family, then it definitely posits to be that Logan was a tribute to the meek William. Yeah. No, that um, Teddy. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Te- yes, Teddy. Teddy was a tribute to the weak William. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think about your boy Elaz, apparently, at least for the time being, going in a different direction than uh, Dolores and William? That's your boy right there. So this goes to my theory that I was talking about earlier, that the hosts are people, and this is I'm glad you brought this up, the hosts are people we want to root for. Yep. Who, like, who's been a really horrible host we i mean the, the confederados appear to be bad but we don't know too much of their story what's going on right um the shadow tribe is like he's the, the big villain but he's actually fighting for good within his own story but also like very kind of like dapper like charming the kind of like highway ro- like the robbers and like or not robbers but you know criminals in ocean 13 that yeah they're doing something wrong but you like them. Right, they have a little, pan- they have a little panache, a little style, a little panache and style. Yeah, style. style. Yeah. Panache. Um, I, all of the hosts are people that, that are that so far are likable. I'm having trouble thinking of a host that has been just pure unlikable from the beginning. No, I mean, because once we f- found out that, that the man in black isn't, isn't a host, um, to your point, even the guy, okay, this is another good one to bring up. He is one of the desperados. He rolls with the lady with the snake tattoo. They, one of their loops is to shoot up town. Yeah. And we saw him in the bed of um, Charlotte Hale, the board member. She used right. him in real life, you know, for some escapades. Yeah. But the point is, like, he's a bad guy. He has flair. 
You know, he's on yeah. a loop. We like him. He he's had some fun some fun moments with Maeve in terms of some good good dialogue, et cetera, et cetera. Good, good exchange. We, right. we don't have a problem with him. We don't really have a problem a problem with Clementine Penny Pennyfeather. The poor thing keeps getting lobotomized and beat the crap out of. And thank God, yeah. thank God, she got to beat somebody up for once the other day. That was nice. Now she's retired, but that's okay. Um, right. Anyway, I just I I let's let's end it on some theories on what is. I mean, next week's going to be big, and then you know week nine's going to be big. It's HBO, and they don't do bad ninth episodes. So, no. you have anything that you want to, like, suppose? I, I, are we going to see Elsie again this season? I hope we see Elsie again this season. I, that, I mean, we have to. She, she's not done, because all we saw her is get grabbed. If Correct. She's not killed. She did not get her head smashed against the wall like Teresa Cullen. Clearly, right. Clearly, if... if, if if they're going to kill someone off in Westworld, we're going to see it happen. You know, um, it yeah. always saw is her get grabbed. Correct. Could it have been Ford who grabbed her and is now telling her, like, listen, he was a host. I need you to be my new spy. He's just got her off to the side. See, I like that one. That's a good one there. Um, I, I don't, I think if she were dead, we would have seen it. Yep. I don't think she's dead either. I, I'm wondering, though. If she is, but I agree. So, but I, I do think. I mean, he was ma- I, clearly Ford was making a new host, and it doesn't matter if that host matters or not. But it made me think. I think he's preparing for the board visit. Yes, and I think, and I, I mean, this is the dumbest thing ever. But something big is going to go down. But something like, I can't wait to see what big goes down at the board visit. To quote our president-elect, big league, big league. Yeah. And and I'll tell you this as well. Um, The more you watch, the more the board is playing, like, you know, to to that old axiom, that old saying, the board is playing checkers while Dr. Ford is playing chess. Correct. Correct. So. Which is never good for, uh, you know. (laughs) The person playing checkers. The person playing checkers. The person playing checkers does not win in that scenario. No, you lose, you lose, but you lose both games. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right, man. Well, let's leave it there. Uh, all right. Let me give me your. Do you want to hit me with some stages of grief really quickly uh, after the last Tuesday's election? What do you want to do now? Um. Well. Uh, well, I'll, can can we hit you with you know my what I've taken away from this after my uh, stages of grief? Yeah, please. Okay. Is what it has shown me is not that uh, I have been defeated. That it's just taught me you got to fight harder. Mm-hmm. So. I have, um, and I want you to, to shout this out, encourage everybody who listens to join. I joined the NAACP on Tuesday. Really? I did, and I donated to the Southern Poverty Law Center yesterday. Nice. Uh, to great organizations who fight for equality and who do way more with the money I gave them that I could have done with that money for myself. Yeah. So get out there if you... Um, did not vote for Trump. If you were scared of these things, there are great organizations. NAACP can do great things with your money yep. and uh, support people who need it. Southern Poverty Law Center will fight against the terrible things that could come out of a Steve Bannon type administration. Correct. Um, and if you are a Trump supporter, uh, there's many of them out there, obviously. And there's people you know, who I like and respect who found themselves voting for Trump. If you are a Trump supporter, um, call him out on it. When he, when you discover that he is a con man and he does things that are 
just flat out racist, call him out on it. Right. Because it's going to do a lot more if his supporters do than if his detractors do. Correct. Because they're already prepared to govern with, let's face the facts. Uh, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, which is fine. I'm not going to be one of those electoral college. No, it's 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 how we elect presidents. It's fine. It's done right. Exactly. I'm not. I. It's how we elect presidents. It's fine. Yep. Um, more people in the country who voted did vote for her, which again doesn't matter. They weren't the right people. Now that being right. said, slightly less than fifty percent of people who are eligible to vote voted. So. Yeah. That means 75% of the country either didn't care enough about Trump's presidency or Hillary's presidency to show up or voted against Trump, which will be the same for Hillary, by the way. If she yeah, was, new, if right. she was going to govern with a, with a 25% mandate, I would say the same thing to her, which is, yeah. which is, to your point earlier, for those of you who didn't vote, I'm not going to cast judgment on you. You call the president out. You yeah. call your congressman out. You call Steve Bannon out for being xenophobic, for being racist, for being unwelcoming, because frankly, we pay these people salaries. Yeah. We, 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 the lobbyists pay for their campaigns. And, you know, to your point, and I've been looking for a long time for a cause um, to tie the freestyle to. Like, you know, we're, we're clearly not a, a vehicle that's going to move the needle for some charity, but like, it'd, right. it'd be nice to do something for somebody with the show and be like, oh, donate to this or donate to that and what's the cause? And maybe, you know, maybe we just look at a lot of the causes that are going to need some help over the next four years and right. we start thinking about is there a paid to donate on the free, Fiddlebuster Freestyle site? So that's a good takeaway, man. we got to be positive. I, the last, here's, here's what I'll say because we do have some friends out there who, you know, are feeling pretty good that the guy they voted for won really because they, yeah. just, they just disliked the, the Democratic alternative so much, and that's fair. They're both incredibly unlikable candidates compared to others. But um, I'm never going to let somebody's victory make me feel like I was robbed. To your point, right. to your point, you know what? You you, you got to win well. You got to lose well. And um, I'm going to pay so much more attention to who my congressman is in the state that yeah. I live in because I don't live in Massachusetts. I, I'm in. And I know we have Republican you know, representatives in Massachusetts too, but I literally live we in... We actually a, don't have any Republican representatives. We just have a Republican governor. Correct, which we, we have, they have for a while there. But anyway, my point is I live in North Carolina where like, I'm going to call my Congress people out. I'm going to call my senators out. I'm going to call my mayor out who happens to be a Democrat. Um, I may not run for office myself, but I may try to find people to encourage to run for office who I actually believe in and trust. Like... It, it, it's got me so psyched to be a political dork, which, yeah. which you know, the, the one thing I will say is that I, 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 at the end of the day, I trusted that Barack Obama was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I feel the, and whether you agree with me or not, I don't, not you, but the royal you, I don't care. Just like yeah. I know that I don't think Donald Trump will try to do the right thing inherently, and I'm going to yeah. wage war for four or eight years against that to ensure that he doesn't become a dictator. Uh, and 10, more percent, yeah. 10,000% agree with you, um, and it can be done in, you know, well, 10,000 agree, I, I, I agree. I think that's that's the takeaway. So, do, so donate to a cause, and if you're a Republican, good for you. Donate to any cause you want. We can all do it, but the bottom line is, like Andrew Patterson said, candidate Trump is now President-elect Trump, who will be President Trump. Presidents are accountable, period. Yep. 
Presidents are accountable. Make sure he's accountable. And then I can't complain. I mean, I'll still complain, but I can't complain if his supporters try to hold him in. You're not going to stop me from complaining, but hold him to a standard. Hold him to a standard. Hold him to the same standard you wanted um, Barack Obama held to. Hold him to the same standard you were going to hold Hillary Clinton to. Um, And don't be a hypocrite. Both sides can be hypocrites. Um, But, you know, be true. Be You know. See it through, because here's the last thing I'll say, Gavin. Me and you are both straight white males with no children. Right. We had literally nothing at stake in this election. Correct. There, my life is not going to change because of President Trump. But that does not mean that I am happy. That doesn't make it okay, him. right, exactly. That doesn't make it okay. So fight for something you believe in. And if, what, and if you are the cause you believe in, if yourself is it, then make me believe that's what we should be doing. That's well said. All right, buddy. Well, listen, thanks for being on. We will, we will talk about episode eight offline. And if, it was, if it's as good as episode seven, we may have to come back for more hot takes. Now yeah. that we have a hot take formula. Thanks for being on. Everybody, check us out. Filibuster Freestyle. Also, Andrew's agent and friend and my friend, Curtis Fingers, is starting to heat up in his picks section uh, yes. on college football Big 12 picks. Uh, they're for entertainment purposes only. I'm just the editor of the site. But our boy Curtis Fingers is getting hot at the right time. You want to potentially make some, you know, wagers? Uh, might want to check out filibusterfreestyle.com, freestyle picks. Andrew, thanks for being on, buddy. We will see you next time. All right. Filibuster Freestyle. That's the end of the podcast, folks. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. By the way, Gary Johnson, Jill Stein, try harder next time. Sorry, I had to say it.